What is going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 72 with Junie Underwood. We're bringing him in in one moment. But before we get into that, make sure you check the links below for guests. My links, guests, uh, my guests, links, sorry, already having a, a mini stroke, I guess, as well as links to the ABJ social medias and uh, merchandise, Patreon, the whole nine. Anything you can do to support the podcast podcast would be a huge help uh huge thanks to our sponsorship svw suplex vintage wrestlings uh guys it has finally happened a whole store fully de- dedicated to vintage wrestling they say it can never be done but i have seen it with my own eyes suplex vintage wrestling is a store curated by wrestling fans for wrestling fans located on fifth street philadelphia pennsylvania just one block south of south street in the heart of queen village their shop features the largest collection of vintage wrestling apparel under one classic roof their selection includes classic designs featuring your favorite wrestlers from the golden age attitude era internationals indies and more and if you're tired of watching premium live events at home then svw hosts the best watch party since your friend kyle's birthday party when you were 12 our shirts and watch parties not your thing let's not forget about their selection of figures replica belts trading cards and their from t-shirts to hats the rare wrestling and all rare wrestling memorabilia they have something for every wrestling enthusiast out there so what are you waiting for check them out at suplex svw on instagram or on their website suplex svw and let them satisfy your nostalgia wrestling needs uh yes so and also huge event coming up this month uh, that my guests will be a part of on the 17th in Pilgaroo Brewing Company in the Pottsville, Pennsylvania, right in the heart of my area. Uh, we're going to be having f- uh, Fightacular number two. It's gonna If you missed the first one, you've missed out. You can check the replay on Speedball Mike Bailey's Twitch channel. It's on there right now. And uh, if you cannot make it live there because you're not in the area and you can't make it out, it will be streaming once again there as well on Speedball Mike Bailey's uh, Twitch channel. I didn't. I don't have it linked below, but I will get it in there so you guys can see, and I will share it on all my social medias as well. Um, but my guest here today is someone I got to see a lot on the scene. Uh, you've seen him all over the place. He's he's grinding in the Northeast scene. You've seen him on GCW Sanctuary. Everywhere, the Lost Boys, uh, part of the Lost Boys stable, uh, they are just absolutely killing it. So, uh, without further ado, let's let's bring him in. My guest tonight, Junie Underwood. What's going on, bud? Ah, not a whole lot. I'm glad I could be on. I'm I'm super happy you are here. Uh, I'm very very excited for this. We eventually will have every member of the Lost Boys on. That is my that is my promise and my goal for the podcast because they're all extremely talented. Even the underage one who can't drink. You know what I mean? Two of them. Two of them. Oh, yeah. Two of them that can't. (laughs) I'm the oldest one. I'm the oldest lost boy. Uh, Ryan is a year younger than I am. And then uh, Ethan is just turned 20 and Miles is about to turn 20. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, they're 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 the young lads for sure. Awesome, man. Uh, well, yeah, so uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to learn a lot about you and, and dive right into it. So let's get the first one in. What is your earliest memory of becoming a, a fan of professional wrestling? Um, so I, I would assume that this was off of a DVD, but my the, the first match memory that I like really remember was uh, the triangle triple threat ladder match the tag ladder match between ENC parties and the Dudleys. That match was it for me of like, wow, these guys are nuts. Um, and just through that, that little area era, the, it was more so like the ruthless aggression era is really where I started. 
Uh, and then obviously I got, I had some really cool uh, old school Stone Cold Steve Austin VHS tapes. So I would like, I would burn that to the absolute ground. And my dad would have like this nice little collection of a bunch of old like 98, 99 pay-per-views. And that's kind of, I would just watch those until I literally couldn't. Yeah. Uh, Pre-network. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it was. Yeah. Little, little me. And I mean, I have. When I was, I think, either three or four, I was stone cold for Halloween. <laughs> like, I, I was really invested. Um, and, and I mean, from there, it just it continued to just spiral. And then uh, TNA with the X Division, my favorite wrestler of all time, Chris Sabin, uh, who probably the biggest reason as to why I decided to, to, to start wrestling in the first place, just the way that he can tell stories and also have these incredible, this incredible moveset, which a lot of people I feel like have a hard time combining the two. Sometimes you can tell a really good story, but you don't really, like you're not, like you don't do cool stuff. And then sometimes you do really cool stuff, but you don't know how to tell a story. And Chris Sabin, people like Chris Sabin, people like Speedball, they have found how to do both. And, I want to be a part of that. I want to be able to do really cool stuff, but also tell a really good story. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, was, it just kind of all spiraled. And it really all started from Jeff Hardy. Like, Jeff Hardy, Edge, like, the, mm -hmm. Christian. Christian Cage is a big inspiration for me in terms of my wrestling. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I didn't know I wanted to be uh, a professional wrestler, like, super early. But, like, before I was 10, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And then uh, just as time went on, I was like, oh, no, I don't know if this is going to – I don't know if this is going to pan out for me. And then I was 19. I was in college. Life was kind of like, eh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Uh, and then I went upstairs on a Friday to get a peach snapple, and that's a story for later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah um it, it is insane growing up in this business and watching it and, and seeing all that and then eventually get transitioned to that point where you're like what am i gonna do with myself now growing up were you always athletic did you play sports was, was that something you did or how, how would how, if you met juni in school growing up what, what kind of person were you um i definitely had a chip on my shoulder i've always been the smallest like literally, literally one of the smallest guys in the room uh always like even like now i'm surprisingly like you you would not expect me to look the way that i looked in high school even um but i've never been athletic per se i've just always been very like determined like yeah. i just have this like i want to try something and i don't even want to try it i want to be good at it i want to be decent at it uh and then I obsess about it for a really long time. I get good at it, and then I kind of stop. But this is, like, the first time that's, like, that's not the case. Where, like, I've loved it. I wanted to get good at it. I'm getting to where I'm kind of breaking that stride. Um, and I have no – I will not quit. <laughs> I, have, I have all, like, I'm full speed ahead. The um, mind is stronger than the body. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, that from uh, I did cross country, and I uh, so from se seventh grade all the way to ninth grade 
I was literally unable to do any physical activity at all uh, uh, because if I, if my head got jarred just enough, I had a hole in it from, uh, I had some ear surgeries that where I had to get my eardrum removed. So I sort of just had like a hole in my head. And basically if I got hit too hard, who knows what could have happened. Could have been very fatal, could have been, could have put me in a coma, could have, any, anything could have happened. Uh, they, the doctors strongly advised against physical activity. And so the first time I ever ran a, a 5K, uh, I, it literally took me like 42 minutes. And this was like late in this, into my ninth grade year or, or a middle-ish of my ninth grade year. And I was like, man, I have no stamina, which makes sense because I literally couldn't do anything for two to three years of my life um and i just i kept running and i kept running and i was like i'm gonna get good at running i hate running but i'm gonna get good at it <laughs> uh, and then by the time i was a senior i read uh i qualified for state championships in cross country running like the fastest i've ever ran 5k was like 1746 i believe Jeez. so like so like a big jump from yeah. the 12th grade and i it was just if i did a 5k i would need a month and a half to get that done <laughs> no 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 it's a lot easier than people think. <laughs> i'd be walking and like oh a bar and then i'd go into it <laughs> uh but right like it's just yeah, the the mind is is so much stronger than the body and if you just will yourself to do things sometimes that's all it takes yeah so at what point in time, uh, you kind of allude to a little bit, what, what point in time did you say, all right, this is a, I, I want to pursue this. I want to become a professional wrestler. And how did you go about finding your school? And what was the process of that like? So uh, the, the, the school process was, was kind of okay. I wish I did. I, I wish I was like on Twitter more to like really understand like what I'm kind of getting into. Um, but it was, uh, so prior to, um, so prior to wrestling, uh, I was, uh, I graduated college with a theater degree, with a theater education degree. Uh, but prior to getting into theater education, I was a graphic design major. And so I hated it. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to draw like comic books and stuff like that. Cause I was an artist at the time. I definitely don't know how I would do in terms of picking up a pen now. Um, but uh, I basically was like, this isn't what I want to do and I need to figure something out. So I talked to my mom and my mom's like, just try things. Like this is the stage of your life that you're at. Try things, see what sticks. And uh, it's then all of like five or six hours later, I couldn't sleep. And I, I love, I love peach Snapple. Same. It's my favorites. It's my favorite, and now it has like a sentimental thing to me. Like every time I see one, I'm like, ah, you're probably why I'm wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and I went upstairs to, to get a peach snapple. I walk over to the night assistant on duty because I have the pad start to get to my dorm. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's like 2.45 in the morning, almost 3 a.m. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching a musical that I'm going to audition for. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And she was like, I guess just to be nice, she was like, you should audition for it. And I'm like, ah, nah, I, don't, I don't do theater. Like, I'm not that kind of guy. 
Um, and then I walk away. I like start heading downstairs. I'm about to get to my room. And then I'm like, why did I just deny that? Like, I just had this conversation with my mom about trying things and I'm not even going to give it a shot. So I like, turn around, I walk back upstairs and I'm like, what do I need to do to audition for the show? And she like told me I needed 16 bars and I needed a 30 second monologue. And I'm like, I don't know what you bet. I don't know what you're asking me, but Are you asking me to freestyle 16 <laughs> bars. Is that, yeah. Like, what <laughs> do I have to drink at 16 bars before I do this? Like, <laughs> yeah, something like I'll tell you what the the one of the coolest things that I just pulled out of what you just said is uh your the the wherewithal of your mother of saying to you this is the age of your life where you experiment and try things. I think right now in this day and age and it's it's even something I'm struggling with cuz I'm I'm in my mid 30s and everything I watch like I'm always watching these videos and you, you hear these people and people like yo you don't figure life out until your 40s. Like your your 20s is your figure out your 30s is when you're starting to put it together and the 40s is when it clicks. I don't know how true that is, but we live in a day and age now where where people where we're setting expectations for 18 to 20 to 25 year olds to just hit life running and not have that trial period of figuring shit out and failing and and doing that. Everyone's expected to just be good and be on top of your level at such an early age and it's so unrealistic to put on people like that and it's just a it's such an expectation that's so harmful for this generation and that's why the, i think the depression anxiety all that stuff is so sky high is because it's like it's okay to fuck up it's okay to suck at something it's okay to fail because success is you just standing on the top on, on top of your mountain of failures so the fact that your mom gave you that advice like Go and figure it out. And if it sucks and you're not good at it, at least you have it in your back pocket to say, I gave it a shot. So that's, that's, I think that's huge character building for you and probably why you are the way you are right now. It, it, it was really like, like one of the things that, that, that definitely gave me the try stuff. Like if somebody gives me an idea, even like in the ring, I will, be, I will have my thoughts on it, but I will listen to it and I'll give it a shot of like, okay, this, this sounds like this maybe isn't the plan. And then sometimes it surprises me. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? Like, let's try it. Like, and, and that really stems from that moment of her being like, you just need to try stuff. Like, don't be so closed minded. Like, don't believe that this choice you made has to be the choice you always make. Like, just really understanding that of like things change. Like, mm -hmm. you one day you're you're wanting to be a graphic design major and the next day you don't and then your whole life changes and you figure you figure that out and then you you keep going yeah snowballs and uh through theater getting into theater because i ended up getting into that show um through getting into theater i became much more comfortable with wrestling because this was a time in which i was kind of disconnected from wrestling uh in high school, I got bullied for, for liking wrestling, and I was one of those kids that's like, if this is the issue, if this is if this is what's getting me picked on, I just throw this away. Um, obviously, that's changed a lot in my life now. Like, if, if you don't like me for something, like, sounds like a you problem. Yeah. Uh, but um, at the time, yeah, the kid, kid kids are brutal. Uh, and so... But through theater, I, I just became more comfortable with who I was of like, I really got to, you know, I got to be a bunch of these characters that were sometimes me, sometimes 
similar to me, sometimes not so similar to me. And through that, I was able to just like really figure out who I was. Cause I, I personally feel like when you're acting, it's a lot easier to act when you know how to separate yourself from the thing while also like being able to, uh, to connect with that thing. So like knowing yourself is, is important so that you can disconnect and connect to the part that you're going to play. Yep. And so through doing that, I just, I, I, I got back into wrestling. I, uh, and specifically ROH really like, uh, Adam Cole specifically, uh, I was getting into baby, uh, <laughs> wrestling and, uh, I was like, I, I stumbled across uh, Final Battle, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Absolutely nuts. And uh, I was talking to my dad, and he was like, have you watched any wrestling lately? I guess, like, he just picked up on the idea that, like, it was something that me and him connected uh, with when I was younger. And I, um, and I was like, yeah, like, I actually am. I'm watching this guy named Adam Cole. He's in ROH. Uh, fun fact, I didn't know that he had just left ROH, but my dad was like, you should watch the NXT TakeOver from this past weekend. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. So I watched the whole thing. I'm like, why am I watching this? And then the very end of the show, Drew McIntyre wins. And I'm like, oh, that's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And then all of a sudden, Adam Cole comes out. And I'm like, that's Adam Cole! And then I- Adam Cole and Kevin Owens are my two favorite wrestlers on the planet right now. And then I just, I was like, all right, I guess I got to watch NXT every week. Cool. And then that happened. And then COVID happened. And um, the, like, around that time period, a little before that, uh, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, two out of three falls, uh, which two out of three falls is my favorite stipulation. Uh, Just to throw that out there. and yeah, it just then that's when it kind of clicked. I was asked a question by, uh, by, a, by a former partner of mine, and she was just like, "Hey, what are some things that like what was the dream that you had that you didn't get to do?" And I was like, "Well, when I was a kid, like, and even through my teens, like, I wanted to be a professional wrestler." And she was like, "Why not?" And I didn't have a good answer outside of money. I've kind of come to that realization of like, if money's the answer, I think there's a like, like, I think if we can stick to it and focus, I think we can figure it out. Like if money's the only reason I'm not doing something, I can figure out how to make this work. Might take extra time, might whatever. And it did, it it ended up taking like a year basically uh, for me to move up here, uh, but get training, which I guess goes into that part of the question, begins training. Uh, where were you originally from? I'm from North Carolina. Okay. I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My mom and my grandpa lived here a lot. And when I was born, my mom and my dad moved down to North Carolina. Okay. And so, so like, when you, were, you grew up in North Carolina, and then when you started your training, you moved back to PA. I moved back up here because my grandpa owns a, owns a house here this is where i'm staying uh so i don't have to pay rent so it makes it's very helpful yeah. uh, 
and so uh, that was kind of the idea. And then around here, you you know, you had Wrestle Factory, the Worldwide Dojo, all of that. And uh, I began training with Sonny Defarge. Um, like I told you earlier, love that guy. So talented, so insanely talented. More people need to be aware of something to find. Possible guests coming up on the podcast. So just put that out there. I wish more people uh, knew of his talent and his gift. And he's just he's very very great human. And then uh, and then of course I ended up uh, beginning to be trained by Cheeseburger. Who? Wow, <laughs> Cheeseburger is literally insane. He, he has helped me out immensely over the last two years. Um, and through him is how I met uh, Speedball. And then I began training with Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, who? All- he's, he's insane. He's so good. Uh, I had the, the immense honor and privilege to wrestle him at the last uh, Fightertainment show. Stole the show. Thank you. <laughs> um and it was like one of those moments where uh, that was almost the well that that was a level up match for me, even if it wasn't a no ring. But there was a match that I had prior to that, like we'll get to in a little bit. That that really I feel like set me up to be prepared for that match. Um, if that fighter entertainment would have ended with you versus Speedball, and that would have been the go home match, nobody would have been upset with that. I don't think so either. And I also think they wouldn't have been upset because we probably would have added another like five to ten minutes on it. Yeah, that it was really. Uh, there was not a bad match that entire show. Every match was, or every fight, or however you want to lay it out, was highly entertaining, and it was good. But it was also because the fans were giving so much energy as well. So it was, it was really fun to feed off of. But yeah, you guys killed it. Like I was like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just uh, and. Speedball has been helping me out a ton. Like through Speedball, I've gained like just really strong, solid connections with people like Jordan Oliver, uh, which the future of professional wrestling, Jordan Oliver. Jordan that's, Oliver. There's no doubt about it. Like him and Nick Wayne are the next thing. Like that's you're gonna be talking about them in 20 years, being like the same way we talk about Adam Cole and everybody else. Jordan, to me, I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. And every yep. single time you talk about professional wrestling, you say, who's the next this? Or who who could be the next? And everyone says Sean. And you have the guys like the Cole. Like Jordan Oliver could be the next Shawn Michaels. For sure. And he would love that you said that because yeah. it's a whole thing. So I have a whole shelf of Shawn Michaels right here. <laughs> he's basically trying to be the next Shawn Michaels. And he's, he's, he's so talented. He's very good at it. Um, and I've been learning from him, just like kind of sitting under his learning tree and helping he, he has helped me out so much, and he's just so giving. And what's so cool about uh, Jordan is, like, even though he's obviously so much further into his career than I am, it's cool that it at least seems and feels as if he's, like, taking thoughts from me of, like, he'll ask for an opinion and I'll tell him. And, like... He accepts it instead of like trying to fight on it and basically tell me that I'm a I'm a greenhorn, you know. He's Which, very humble, and I, I think that's what sets him apart is how much he absorbs from everybody around him. And he he knows what works for him and what doesn't, and it's like, oh, you're giving me this thought. Maybe I try it, and we'll see what happens. And like, 
it's just so cool to see because there's a lot of people in this uh there's a lot of people in this industry that that are not that way that don't listen to you at all and think that their word is is god's and mm-hmm. it's that's kind of that's sad I'm, i feel bad for you but yeah then you have people like jordan and you have people like speedball who are just a tree of uh, wisdom and they want to gain wisdom as much as give wisdom and so it's it's really sick to just be around those people um that's that's a that's a that's a crazy mount rushmore of people you've been under the sunny cheeseburger jordan and 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 speedball mike bailey i mean that's that's iron sharpens iron to its full extent right there i'm trying very hard yeah yeah it show it shows them who you are as a person and when you do perform in front of people um now and the crazy thing is is the two things that you could probably benefit the most in this business graphic design when it comes to your merch and your logos but also the acting side of things and the theater side of things because how you were saying before a lot of people don't they they, they they're so involved in what getting to their next spot getting to the next point of the, thing, the, the match point of the match but you look at people like your cheeseburgers your sunnies and your speedballs who are all the, those people too who are like wait a second you have to do what you gotta do but then play to the crowd you know right. what i mean sell that character sell the story of the match and i and and that's super important in this business and it's it's an art that's when it's done right it's it's praised but when it's not done right it's one of the biggest critiques of this business right now it's also it it is also really hard to do that like mm-hmm. it's really hard to be like, all right, I got to be ready for this Rana, but also not show the audience that I'm preparing for this Rana. Um, and that's just, it's difficult because like you're, you're trying to make sure that you get the spots right. And like, it's, it's, it's hard. And, and- I, I don't know how you do it. I watch people put together matches and they talk about, and you only have, 10 15 minutes because independent wrestling is not like what you watch on tv where they probably go over a match and do it on house circuits and, and house shows for a month before they hit a pay-per-view and then they finally hit everything together on a pay-per-view independent wrestling is essentially an open mic night of at a bar you know what i mean like you're not prepared for your song your, your band's still trying to get itself together and you're you're figuring out within 15 minutes have to have everything planned a lot of it's on the fly and you have to still play to the crowd but also, you have to protect yourself and your opponent so both of you go home that night. It's a lot to this business, which is super impressive when you break it down and think about it. Yeah, and I think it's really cool because I have like a couple of examples of that because at Limitless, I, I ended up getting there a little late. And so I basically just had to kind of like know my stuff. And they were just like, hey, we have, we have the structure. You kind of just got to plug and play. And I was like, all right. Luckily, I know my stuff, and I did, and it was really cool because, like, we were just able to bust it out. Like, because sometimes, like, sometimes that's just the easiest thing of, like, hey, I, we, we have the story. What do you do? And as long as you know what you do, you, you got it. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it's there. And my, my whole point with the Limitless thing, I was, like, I want to tell a small little story. I want to try to pick up the biggest guy in the match. Can't do it all right, cool, I'm going to kick him, and he's going to bounce off the ropes, and then I'm going to pick him up. And then Momentum, I'm, yeah. Like, I, just that small little story, it's fatal four-way. How can they remember me? What they're going to remember is I couldn't pick up this guy, and they all laughed at me, and then I hit him. He bounces off the ropes. I pick him up, and they're just like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. 
that's all it took. And I like literally, they were like, "What all do you want? Like, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "I was like, where is my spots at?" And they were just like, "Here, here, here, and here." And I was like, "Okay, here, uh, I'll do this. Here, uh, I'll do that. And for this part right here, I'll tease the rolling DVD. No, no, no. You throw me out. I'll slide under your line. Come up, spinning back heel kick. Wow, you bounce off the ropes." pick you up all the way rolling DVD and that's basically it and right when I like I'm, I'm telling you it was I was literally I was sitting there the whole match I'm like man I do not think they're biting on me I don't think they care all that much and then I I went for the DVD the first time everybody started laughing and I was like oh yeah got him I, I was like I think I got you and then I hit it I hit the kick wow you hear some people go ooh 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 and then he bounces off the ropes. I get him all the way up, and I pause. I had it. Was, I was like, I could feel it. Everyone could feel it. I, I hit Andy with the rolling DVD, and he goes, you got him. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know what's crazy advice that I hear all the time given to wrestlers, and I implement it in the podcast game. I implement it in commentary, and it's funny that it's meant for something else, but I take it and use it for myself is when you think you're going slow, slow down and go slower. Yeah. Because in, in your mind is so racing on getting everything done and making sure you're doing a good job. Slow yourself down and collect it and feel it and then go. Like even with the podcast, I, th- I feel like a lot of people rush through their questions and they don't listen to their guests and stuff like that because in your mind, you're, you're freaking out. You know what I mean? But just slow down. Let it come to you. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, that's a wrestling advice that I hear given to wrestlers that I use and has nothing it's like a completely same thing but different you know and and i think like with that with the slowing down part i think it, it's beneficial to know what you are trying to tell mm-hmm. what story are you trying to tell do you know that it, like if, if you just put a match together and you're like i just want this to be a cool match where like we hit each other really hard and stuff cool it, it'll be that but if you're like, okay, I know that parts A through B of what I have don't really matter. I have them in because I needed spots. But E and F, E and F is what A through B are leading to. And then I just, I play and I ease into E and F. And then E, I, oh. You, you're feeling something because now you're laughing at me. Mm-hmm. You're, you don't think I can pick this guy up. Okay, cool. Just wait. Wait for it. Ah, F. I got him up. And it's, just, it's, it's taking that and being patient. Because I was nervous. I was so worried, dude. I really was. Like, I was hearing them. Like, there were points in the match where I was, like, kind of getting booed because I guess they just thought I was, like, you know, I was a white meat baby face. Mm-hmm. And I, and sometimes you just get booed as a white meat baby face. We're in the era. We're we're in the heel era right now. It's yeah. everybody wants to be the heel and everybody wants to be the cool heel. I love being heel in, in, uh, in Pittsburgh. That's my thing. In uh, <laughs> New King of Pittsburgh, Junie Underwood, the Power Prince, because I beat MV Young. <laughs> right in his noggin and took his crown. Um, but. Yeah, I was so nervous, but I was just like, I know where I want to go. 
I know where we want to go. And I know that this is going to be like, I know that that story is going to be told. And then it felt really good to like hear that pop, hear that feel. And then everybody after the match was just like, that was so good. Like, wow. And they were just like commenting on my facial expressions and like I sold some merch, which always means something, right? Yeah. So it turned into a good thing. And all that was was patience of just listening, listening to things that I was told by Jordan, Sonny, Speedball, Burger of just like, you know the story. You just got to be patient. Don't rush the story. Let it, you're building, like everything builds. And yeah. You know who's really, really talented at that too? And I didn't realize, I always watched this stuff and I was always impressed by him, but seeing him live and, and talking to him and really picking his brain, Joey, Joey Janelle is in, in incredible with that. There's, uh, for someone who can just, when you talk about slowing down and playing to a crowd, but still doing everything you need to do in a match, he's honestly one of the goats at it right now. He's so good. <laughs> He's so talented, and I, I think one of the coolest things, and he, it's, it, I, I've heard him kind of talk about it in other podcasts and other forms of media, but the AEW thing for him was like he kind of went in with a, a mindset of like I'm the king of this shit. Then AEW kind of brought him down and like humbled him a bit, and then he was just like he had to regroup. And this new version of Janela post AEW is the best version I've ever seen of him. Right. And yeah. He's he's on a tear. Yeah, he's so good. So so good. Um. So the name Junie Underwood and this character, where did you pull from this? How did this, how did this come out? So uh, Junie is, 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 well, Junius is my name, my real name. Mm -hmm. And when I moved up to Philly, uh, I began just going by Junie. Um, and then Underwood is, is kind of an homage to, to Dax Harwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I was young, my dad was a janitor for uh, for a high school, and as a janitor, you're usually in charge of like helping with any events that happen at your school on the weekends. And uh, there was this uh, small little indie fed that I guess is no longer around. I've looked, and it's not a thing anymore. It's uh, Atlantic Coast Pro Wrestling ACPW, and uh, at the time there was these there was this really cool wrestler by the name of Casey McKnight. And he was there early. He was stretching. He was doing everything. And I was there early and I helped, I helped them assemble the ring. It was really cool. I was only like nine. And, uh, after we assembled the ring, Casey McKnight was rolling around, but also there were like some of us kids there. And he was just like, so conf confident. And he was like, Hey, like, I'll take care of your kid. And it was more of just like, he sat me on like the top rope. Or he asked us what we wanted to do. And I was like, I want to do a tornado DDT. So he like put me on the top rope, set himself up, did the whole tornado DDT. Um, and that was Dax Harwood, Casey McKnight. And, uh, and so I kind of was just like thinking, as I was coming up with a name, I was like. You, you worked Dax Harwood as a kid. Basically, Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know who I wrestled as a kid in a, in a fire in a in a uh, a firehouse 
engine room where no trucks were parked because it was the show happened at our local high school. My dad's a firefighter. And then after the show, they all went to the firehouse to get away from like the public and then go to the bar and drink at the firehouse. And my dad was like, well, I know the firehouse. I'll bring him in. Um, and I, I guess they, he says like, hey, my kids here is a huge wrestling fan. Can anyone come out and talk to him? And everyone kind of looked over the shoulders like that. Nah, I kept drinking. And one guy got up from the bar and came out and hung out with me and wrestled around me in the engine room. That was King Kong Bundy. Whoa. Wow. Yep, it was awesome. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that was it. I, I was like, okay, put in there somewhere. And then I was like, I was flirting around with the fire starter gimmick. And I was like, Underwood, maybe uh, adding the wood with the whole fire starter thing. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I decided on Underwood. And then my mom, the first thing she said was like, carry Underwood. And I was like, shit <laughs> you ruined it <laughs> but I'll, I'll keep it because i like it and, and i don't know any other wrestler with Joey that image said king kong bunny is the reason i'm built from atlantic city i love that guy i miss him he was so nice bro so the crazy part about that story too is sorry to cut you off there but I, my I, like my house is like two blocks away and i was i remember saying to him like all my cousins are, are never gonna believe that i'm doing this and he's like well, where are your cousins were they at the show i'm like ah, oh, they're at the house because like my dad didn't want to bring a house like a, a train full of my little cousins down because there was a lot of us and he's like how far like, is it walking distance and my dad's like yeah it's right around the corner and he's like if you're cool with him you can leave him here with me go get the rest of the kids and king and my dad went and got the rest of my cousins and there's a whole photo of us like two kids on each arm want me on his shoulders three kids on his leg and he's like just playing with a bunch of kids after after a show and it's the guy who wrestled he was at wrestlemania you know what i mean like just he was he was just a cool human being yeah it's one of the earliest memories i've ever had of professional wrestling is king kong Monday. but uh yeah man have have you ever met since then like becoming in the business have you ever met dax at all uh speedball wrestled dax at a wrestlecade last year and I was like so upset because I really wanted to, to do that. He he's a match I want to have before he 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 leaves. But from what I've heard, I mean him and uh, him and Wheeler are kind of on their like last uh, thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're both so so good. Actually, I'm gonna bring you something now that I know that's a thing. I'm gonna bring. I I, I get those wrestling crates, and I have an FTR patch like a Ooh. patch. I'll yeah. bring it to you on 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 on, on the, uh, Thursday show. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. That's pretty cool. I did so that, that there you go, everyone. The 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 Underwood is is a Dax Harwood uh, reference. I like that. Um, I I just lost my train of thought there. I, I, that excited me so much. <laughs> um, oh, people that you've worked so far in your career that um you real that stand out to you are moments that like maybe a match that you had that was like that clicking moment where you felt like you hit that next level. You said wrestling speedball at the brewery was one of them. Uh, what are some other moments in your career that you felt like you, you hit another level or a stride? So the, the first singles match that I had with Envy Young was actually pretty insane. Um, I think that was my like 50 mid fifties. In my matches, I'm currently at 88. I had 88 as my limitless debut. Wow. Um, and that's you all. Don't wrestle, you don't you don't wrestle like someone who's under 100 matches in their career so far. Thank you. Uh, well, what, what's interesting is 
that number, the, the whole numbers of things, is something that like kind of is interesting because I know people who have been wrestling for like four to five years that haven't had 88 matches. Because they only wrestle inside their 25-mile bubble of their house. But like, but like that, that's my point of like, I, uh, on September 5th of last year, I had my seventh match. It was when I debuted as the Firestarter Judy Underwood. Um, and so since then, I'm now 88. So I've had 80, I've had 82 matches. Do you keep a journal or a book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I, 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 that was something that I didn't know was a thing until I was almost a year and a half into my commentary thing. And then I'm like, I'm already too far, too far gone at this point. I'm not going to start it now. But the person I heard say that they did that and it blew my mind that, that he literally has every single match he's ever done is Ace Austin. Mm-hmm. And he almost lost in a house fire. And he was like, at everything in his house that he would have lost all of, that was the one thing that he was like, my journal. Cause that has, Every, from the day he trained on is all in there. I'm like, that is such a cool idea is the journal. Like, it's so crazy. But that, uh, that, that's that been a big thing for me. Like, I try, I, I make sure I write all of them down. And sometimes if I have time, I'll write some little, like, notes about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I write them all down. I, yeah. um, because, like, I never know. Uh, there, there might be some, like, there's people that I see that I'm literally like, I think I only remember this person because I wrestled them. And that yeah. tried to be me. It's just literally like you. Know, sometimes you, you, you see somebody and you wrestle them, and you don't see them for for a really long time, and then you see them and you're like, I know you, somehow, and you're like, that's right, I wrestled you. Um, that happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that match with uh, MV, man. Uh, it was just really good. And then through that series that I had with him, because I have had, I think I've wrestled him more than I've wrestled anybody else at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've wrestled MV a lot. Uh, we had a singles match, which was the first match I had at T2T, uh, which was late March, early April. And that was my 50th match. And then, uh, I wrestled him singles in which he beat me. And then uh, I we had a tag match, which I beat him. And then I beat him. And then we had a third singles match in which we went to a time limit draw. And then we did a two out of three falls match. Um, in which I picked up the first fall, he picked up the second fall, picked up the third fall, that got reversed, and then I picked up the third fall, um, winning that series. And then that kind of started this little gimmick that I'm doing right now, being the new king of Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know what I I, I always wanted to see done as an angle is the two out of three falls, right? But, like, Envy's a big dude. So, like, the first time you, you square up against him, two out of three falls, two falls bang you're done just smashes you mm-hmm. and then you build back up 
and then have that two or three first match. He just kicks your like first fall. He just destroys you. And everyone's like, this is going to happen again. And then you sneak out a second fall. And that whole third fall, you have the whole crowd eating it because the story of the two, two out of three falls matches, like him just destroying you. And then you slowly working it back. I just like that. You don't really see that very often in two or three falls. Like it's almost like an Iron Man match. Like if you're a smart fan, you know, the whole beginning of the Iron Man match means nothing. The last five, ten minutes is where the only target you have to really pay attention to. It sucks to say that, but if you're a smart fan, that's kind of like watching Brett Sean, and I'm a huge shot. Every everything's good, but you only really have to watch the the last segment. But yeah, that's that's the two out of three falls. I feel like everyone's like, oh, you're gonna trade off for two, and then the third is the one you pay attention to. But if you have a long term storytelling where the first one is just like a complete like a squash two out of three falls, I was like, what? Like you don't see that very often. Yeah, and then it gets built up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've thought of a bunch of different stories for two out of three falls matches because that kind of is what I wanted. I want that to be a thing of mine for sure, of yeah. just having two out of three falls matches um, because I like them. I'm surprisingly, like, I enjoy longer matches to just, like, pace Joey's, my- Joey's on the same page as me. <laughs> um, but... I definitely want that to be a part of my my image of just yeah. like be a two out of three falls guy, and a lot of that I do think is probably because I watched a lot of Motor City Machine Guns growing up. <laughs> um, I think they've had easily the best two out of three falls matches. Um, just, the- re- just recently, Bullet Club Gold and FTR two yeah. out of three was crazy. Um, that match was awesome. Uh, one of my one of my favorite matches is uh, two out of three falls Motor City versus Generation Me. Um, that match was awesome. Uh, two out of three falls Motor City versus Beer Money. Um, if you haven't seen any of these, you should you should go back and watch. Yeah. They're really good. Uh, of course, the Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, two out of three falls. Um, the uh, Paul London versus Brian Danielson of ROH. That match was awesome. Uh, Paul London, also, great human. I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance. To no, meet. I've never met him. I uh, I did a seminar with him. and I've, I've, I, met, I met Kendrick. He's awesome. I believe it. Um, <laughs> kept in good touch with like Paul London, like him and I message back and forth every so often i check in on him and it's really cool he, he's a really sweet really cool dude i've only ever had one bad experience meeting somebody every person i've ever got a chance to work with like for a while there i was helping with this promotion i was helping them do their meet and greets and i would sit with talents for three or four hours and just hang out with them mm-hmm. everyone i ever met was so dope like even people i was like oh this is gonna be really like a i'm like kind of intimidated i'm like are they gonna be in character the whole time and they were super dope. like everyone was super cool Right. Yeah, no. Nah. There's always there's always people that really do surprise you. Like I have a really, really fond memory of Jake something. Um because it was the first I, I was a driver for this New Japan show um a little over a year ago. I hadn't even debuted yet, I don't think. And like even in like a battle royal. Um but I drove Jake something and we were at this like Either Target or Walmart. I couldn't. I can't remember which one. Same thing. Yeah. 
And this this guy looks at Jake something and is like, wow, you're huge. And Jake's like, thank you. And he's like, what do you do? And he's like, uh, I'm a wrestler. And he was just like, what are you hanging around with these guys for? Like me, I'm like small. And he's like, you look like a wrestler, but they don't. And I'm like, that's mean. And but we leave and Jake goes, Jake literally goes, don't worry about that. And I'm like, yeah, like it. And whenever he said it, I was like, yeah, of course, like you could say that. But then, like, we got in the car, and he was like, no, like for real, like you're young, you're just now starting. There's gonna be a point where you start looking like a wrestler, and mm-hmm. that doesn't even mean you you're super jacked. Like I think now I've gotten to this point when I walk into a place, most people know. Like I, yeah. I give that energy now of like I have. I have kind of stepped into my own and like know where I'm at and, and what I'm doing. To bring him uh, up again from the beginning, you know, who's that embodiment? Jordan. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan was the scrawniest dude, no, like zero confidence. And then like a lot of younger wrestlers who like are young and they can't put the muscle on, they can't put the size. And I'm like, study Jordan, like just stick with it. And right now your body's not going to develop because you're young and it's hard to put muscle mass on, but learn your craft. So when your body catches up, everything's going to fall into place for you. And he's the be- perfect example of that. Oh, for sure. And like, I think it's just, I don't know, Jake, Jake saying stuff like that of just like, don't worry about what the people are saying. It is something that is commonly said, but it just felt different. It, 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 mm-hmm. it was one of those, like, I really needed to hear that at that time. And so I always have like a super fond memory of Jake of like, wow, like that guy was really sweet. Like he was a really cool dude. Mike and Maria Bennett for me were the was a huge turning point of like how to take yourself seriously in this business and, and fight mm-hmm. for what you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just ha- having, having, having people in this business, people that you see and look up to and you get to have a conversation with them. And sometimes that's like all you really need to hear mm-hmm. is just something decent from them. Yeah. Uh, like Adam Adam Priest on Saturday. Like I was stressing out, dude, because I left my wrestling shoes in Pittsburgh. I was in Maine. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I left my shoes in Pittsburgh. I got here at 630. I'm kind of late. Like, obviously they all understood why I was late because picking up two stars. But like, you know, all these things were kind of going wrong. But after the match, Adam Priest, was like, hey, like, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah. And he was just like, you're really good. And I'm like, thank you. Like, like just that, like, mm-hmm. pulling me aside and just being like, you're, you're good. I can see it. Like, I, and there was a point where we were calling the match and somebody walked by and was like, Jimmy's the man. And Adam Priest was just like, I can tell. Like, I can, I can see the way he calls this, like, the way he's calling this match. I can tell he's good. And so just like having that moment of like, uh, all this stuff is kind of going wrong, but then I do the match, I do really well, and then have that kind of full circle of like, hey, hey, kid, like, you're doing great, like, yeah. That's awesome. Well, we are at that 50 minute mark. If anyone has any questions in the chat, please get them in. And uh, I don't want to keep this too, too long. I'm having an absolute blast. 
bro, I've learned so much about you. I hope people learn some things here too. Uh, we have one thing in the chat here. Uh, Joey said, speaking of doing what you want, don't listen to old Fs like me, fucks like me who aren't <laughs> big into the flippy stuff, but do what works for you. Uh, if you do something flashy that costs the crowd, make a, make a mental note. I agree. The flippy stuff is 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 like good, right? To an extent, like that's the style of wrestling that's getting over now. But like I said, if 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 you can incorporate the flippy with the storytelling and crowd work, like the old school people <laughs> like, I think that's where you meet your perfect, your imperfect match, and 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 that, and I think that's where you find the two come together very nicely. Um, I'll have one last question here that we'll answer, and if anything pops in the chat, we'll end with that. But uh, the biggest thing that, uh, that we'll end with is uh, the the stable. I think the biggest thing that I, I don't I don't think enough people are doing on the road now is and I, I always credit it for me anyway the, the people who I start seeing it do it the best and they've literally taken over the PWI 500 with it and they're helping each other grow and getting themselves out there and they're doing storylines that cross promote that go cross promotions the goons with Killian McMurphy big dust all those guys just absolutely miles morale like all of them they're just killing it but they have this Erica Lee part of it but they have this thing where they're friends it's almost like an independent clique where they're friends. They help each other through their good times, help each other through their bad times, but also help each other get booked and also put together storylines that are compelling that it's good enough that other promotions are willing to say, well, we'll take that storyline too and bring it here. And you guys are doing that with the uh, with the, the the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys are a stable of really young, hungry talent who are sticking together. Even, even if you guys show up at a place and you're not – the lost boys and you work separate angles and you all do your own character the idea of what the lost boys are of traveling together being there for each other is really important how did that come about how did the name come about and how important to you is that stable of the lost boys Whew. uh that's great great questions um the so whenever it started ethan and i we kind of knew we wanted to be a tag team. Um, we just, we clicked very early on in training. Um, and then finally, we got to this point where, you know, we, we debuted for Pro Wrestling Magic. We didn't have a name yet. We were just Junie Underwood and Ethan wasn't even Ethan Promise at that point. He went by Ethan Nova, which I think he literally only did once. Um, but during, watching the match back, we like listen to commentary and straight up, whenever we come out, commentary goes, these boys look lost. And we were like, you might be on to something. And I always, I've always been that kind of kid, kind of grungy, a little like, I, I like that kind of darker stuff. So like, I love the lost boys, like the, the movie. Uh, Obviously, Peter Pan was always a big influence of mine. I have enjoyed Peter Pan a lot growing up. You have up. a little Peter Pan look going on. Well, the thing is, I, <laughs> I have played Peter Pan in a couple of things. Anyway, I have, had, I have also been Peter Pan for Halloween on multiple occasions. But um, we kind of just, it felt like it clicked because we didn't have a home promotion. We had nothing that, like, was a home and we were always traveling from point a to point b trying to just get something going um and so there was literally just a point where like we all just kind of felt like we were like lost but we just had each other and uh ryan joined us 
like because Ryan trained with us as well. We were like, Ryan's going to all these places with us. And then Miles was going to all these places with us. So like I think this is the group. Like this is the this is the, the group and sometimes it's a little difficult because they're they're still living regular life. Like they're all three in school in some way, shape or form. Ryan is a lawyer. Um Miles and Ethan are in college. Uh so a lot of it does kind of feel like I'm the the, the, the guy kind of kind of being on his own and doing his thing. And then but when we are together it is it it's insane. Like literally the energy that all four of us have when we're together, it's unmatched. Like I, I don't know if I've ever felt like more at home, like when us four are just chilling. Like going on a car ride, going to Magic, going to wherever, uh, and we're just laughing, and you know we're 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 hoping for uh, this big opportunity that uh, may be coming up that I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you more about when we're not live. Um, that could be really helpful for us as a as a stable. And some people don't think we should be a stable. Some promoters are like, I, I strongly disagree. I, I do too. Some promoters are like, uh, you should split up. There's too many of you. Because if, if one half of you have to pull off the show, the other half also has to pull off the show. Well, uh, sometimes that's not the case. But in some cases, it's like, hey, sorry. Uh, this, is the, this is the potential issue. Um, but that's kind of their thought of like, Ethan and Junie get pulled off the show. Ryan Miles has to get pulled off the show, and I was like, no, 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 that doesn't have to always happen. Like, if we, for whatever reason, get booked at GCW, and Ryan and Miles was booked for this other indie, like, they don't have to, to pull off of that show just because we're not going. Like, we're mm -hmm. still supporting them, and they're supporting us. Uh, that's just kind of the case. And sometimes, if we need to do stuff and all four of us need to do it, then sure, maybe all four of us have to pull off of that show, and maybe that's... A, a, a not a good time and hopefully we can have a conversation about it um and try to figure out a way that we can work it all out um because at the end of the day like we have to we have to think about like what's going to be the most beneficial um what's gonna like really help us and and, and propel us so that we can kind of get what we want out of this thing and that is just tell tell stories in front of as many people as possible, and we want to do it together, like mm -hmm. we really do. Like as much as like I've like if, if you look at match wise, I've had over thirty matches more than the other lost boys. Like I'm I'm moving, 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 moving. But I know they support me so much, and I support them with every opportunity that they get as well. Um, but like. I've even told them, I was like, yeah, having all these matches is cool, but, like, I do wish y'all were with me. Like, things like that. Like, I, I genuinely am, like, it's so easy for us to just be a group. Like, like I don't know. When we're together, it is just so easy for us to be Well, here's a, here's a possible point. And this, I think, what makes the, the stable, to me, what I, which I love about the stable, and the reason I, I gravitate to it is because – when you go to a show and you travel and you're by yourself and you're in a locker room and you may not know many people or you may not have that comfortability, when you roll up in a car full of people and you like and you roll up to a place and there's already four or five of you that are 
comfortable with each other and you go into a show, I feel you perform differently when you're with your boys who are also on the show or not even on the show, but being there than you would be if you just showed up by yourself when you have to work. And, well, and, and I've seen you perform by yourself or maybe with one other member, but then I seen you perform at that show where all four of you were there. And you, like you said, you're, you're 30 matches ahead of the other four, but all every member of that stable, even though they weren't billed as the lost boys all went out there and were memorable for every every single one of them left that show, and everyone's like, "Yo, I'm gonna remember you. You were the one who was the crazy tie on your thing, crazy going. You know what I mean? Like everyone stood out in that stable, and I think that's what's also important in this business because this this business is not just hard on your body and hard on the travel, but like mentally, if you don't have a friend in this business or you don't have someone you can like vent to and just be like, "I'm frustrated, I'm pissed, I want to quit," and those friends to be like, "Yo, stay together, let's do this." Yeah. That's that's why this stable, I think, is really good because you can just see without even me talking to you guys or knowing about what you talk about in the car on the way there. You can see that you guys lift each other up and it's it's very important. And the idea of the name Lost Boys, that's a thing in the in the in the storybooks and the Disney movies that like they stand out because every single member of the Lost Boys, you watch them like I can relate to that character because he has a look that I like or this one represents this or this one represents that. And you guys all have that really youthful appearance. And it's like, never get old, stay young at heart. Let's have fun. And I, I, I don't know. That's what I get out of the group. I hope that's right. I hope that's what you're trying for, but the, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause we all kind of have this, uh, we, we've been, uh, compared to the Ninja Turtles a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very much Raphael. Like I, I can very much be the Omega, but at the same time, I'm the big brother. Like I will go to bat for all three of them faster than they can blink. And that's like, and like Ethan has that natural ability to talk to people, very Leonardo like. Um, he just has that. And then Ryan and Miles kind of flip flop between Donatello and Mike. <laughs> Ryan is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, but he's also one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And and so it's just like, uh, and then Miles, he he can be similar. His like it's just. They, they kind of flip-flop between Mikey and, and Donatello a lot. I'm a, I'm a Casey Jones guy. That's my guy. I always grew up like, who's your favorite turtle? I'm like, Casey. Casey. <laughs> uh, but Casey Jones's favorite turtle would be Raphael, so I got you, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 they beef and they vent, but they make each other better at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, it, it, it's a really cool thing. And I think one of my favorite things is, like, our little quote that we did, which is, like, a super easy go-home line of, like, one thing's for certain, lost boys never die. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's sick. Uh, and you can't kill these either because your heart, your, your heart is, like you said, your minds are stronger than your bodies. Minds are stronger than our bodies. Yep. It's insane. Um, and honestly, I feel like that's been, like, a story we've been, like, unintentionally telling in a lot of our matches. Yeah. You'll see that, like, soon hopefully with like some of the matches that just haven't been uh definitely if you watch any of the captured lightning matches like through burger with his worldwide dojo mm -hmm. if you haven't watched our uh little lost boys saga you should it's a singles match between miles and ethan and then a tag match with me and ryan versus miles and ethan and then the fatal four-way between all four of us it's kind of like the uh the prequel, the kind of the the origin story of the Lost Boys, I guess, like as a whole. Um, yeah. Specifically, the Lost Boys with their fourth member. Uh, it's that's the origin, and that's through Captured Lightning.
So yeah. if you watch that, you should. That another thing too. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of end here. I'm going to ask you real quick. What do you want to plug or you want to get out? We'll get you out of here. But please go if you are looking to be in this business, whether you want to be commentary um, or wrestler. Even if you're like, hey, I want to somehow be a part of this, but I don't think wrestling's for me. We always need cameramen. We need graphic designers. We need people. There's so many avenues and so many things you can do in a business or an industry or a field that you may not even think you'd be valued in, but you would highly be valued in. But a great place if you're in the Pennsylvania area, the, the, the Philadelphia area, hit up the Worldwide Dojo. That The talent that is there right now and the people that are in that school are absolutely unbelievable. I've been fortunate enough to interview a few of them already on this podcast and that's i'm just scratching the surface there's so many talented people there and it just if you haven't been there at all um when you walk in the history of that building like when you train there and you're working there you're like man the people who have come before me who have stepped in these walls if these walls can talk man that, that's all, gotta on the wall all the yeah people. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a, I, I always joke around. I'm like, if I was ever a student here, I'd be like, cheeseburger, take my photo down because you see who else is up there. I don't belong to me. Here. <laughs> like, but it's please hit up the Worldwide Dojo. Like you said, on their YouTube channel, they are doing a lot of stuff that you can watch and support. Uh, they they are a, an amazing school and promotion and they're pumping out just amazing talent. Very good. It's a very good time. Uh, anything else you want to plug or get out before we get out of here, Jenny? No, I mean, uh, if if you want to buy any merch, uh, Brain Buster. Link, the link is below. Yep, link is below. Uh, and if you don't want to use the link and you just want to go on Brain Buster, you can just type in Junie Underwood. You can also type in the Lost Boys, and Lost Boys merch will come up as well. Um, and then, yeah, my uh, Twitter handle, well, my X handle now. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, whatever handle. Um Usually it's Junie Underwood Pro or Junie Underwood FS Pro. It's one of the two. Um, yeah. So thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I hope, like I said, I think this is really cool. We got to learn a lot about you. If you are free this uh, uh, this month on the 17th, come out to Pilgaru Brewing Company. Tickets are on sale right now. Fightertainment 2 already announced. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Lovers um, and me. Junie. Yeah. You, the three announcements i'm sure i'm sure more to come last time we had we had some really really fun names there really cool people come out hang out have some good beers uh it's it is an absolute blast get there early because it it, it is shoulder to shoulder and you will have an absolute I, i'm telling you you're gonna have a really good time um like i said any other shows coming up that people can come see you at i i, I wish i would have known to have my notepad out because yeah. I, maybe this friday at the sanctuary Oh yeah, no. Nah, fr uh, Friday at the sanctuary, most likely. Uh, that is that is most likely. I'm trying to. I do want to get up there. Um, I really wanted to get there Sunday so that I could wrestle Ricky because that is a match that I think um, would kind of help both of us out a whole lot because we would do some. Ricky things. wrestled an impromptu match uh, with Frankie Picard, which was really entertaining. Nick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, then I, oh, uh, this month, April 19th, Red Rose Rumble in uh, Lancaster. At oh, the, yeah, at the baseball field. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the. Uh, Three Legacies? Well, no, Three Legacies Wrestling, uh, Red Rose Rumble, but there's the, it's, it's, not, it's not Barnstormers. Maybe it is. Barnstormer, uh, the, the baseball team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that show is going to be insane. 
uh, we're gonna have they're gonna have the crowning of the first ever uh, three legacies wrestling champ. Uh, I get to have a sweet fatal four way match against uh, Prince Piranha, Montekia, and Facade. Ooh, yeah, that's gonna be a really sick match. Um, and yeah, it's just gonna be really fun. It's a lot of cool stuff. Like Shannon Moore is gonna be there, Dirty Dango, uh, Heath, and Rhino. Like, there's going to be a lot of really cool names. I think it's Heath and Rhino versus uh, South Philly's Finest, I believe, in a tag. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And then, uh, yeah, and Ricardo is just killing it with Real Legacies. Have you seen the attendance in that places they've been putting out? They're killing yeah. it. Yeah. I've I've been very lucky to to have become a regular at those. But- yeah. If I still had a car, I would have definitely uh, been putting my name in to try to get some work there. But unfortunately i am out of a vehicle and i am stuck in these four walls i can't travel anywhere but if i can find a ride i will definitely come out and support and come and see the show sweet we'll, we'll have to we'll have to figure that out but everybody that gets a chance to for sure like it, sir. all right well listen that's gonna do it for the abj podcast episode 72 we are back on thursday at seven o'clock and things are gonna get weird and things are going to get creamy because the leader of the creamy world order stan styles will be on the podcast and then breaking news now coming back on monday the uh seventh syrian rain will be on the podcast tuesday one half of the stepdads wade krueger and then on thursday the 10th we're gonna get big with big dan champion coming on drinking some beers, talking some pro wrestling. So that's what to expect the uh, this week and then all of next week. So we have a lot of cool guests, a lot of big names. Wait till you see who else is coming on this month. It's 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 insane. And then I have a whole list full of people for the next month or two. Um, I'm, I'm really excited with the way this podcast is going. If you can support, the Patreon is there. Right now, Patreon is just general support, but it helps keep the lights on to pay for some things like StreamYard and Canva that help things going. T-shirts and merch are available for myself as well, too. But please support my guests. Follow on all social media. And uh, we're going to keep this train rolling. The ABJ podcast has left the station, and we're we're off to grow. If you are watching this or listening to this on any platform, try to jump over to the YouTube side. Uh, I'm about halfway when it comes to my viewership to get monetized and we're still on that quest for 1k followers and if you want to listen to the podcast in your car follow us on all major podcast platforms spotify apple google iHeartRadio, amazon music we're on all of it uh leave a review uh hitting a like and a share button on a piece of content that people put their work into uh cost you nothing but it literally can change someone's life because the more eyes on stuff it helps more than you know and that just any that's any content if a wrestler posts a clip share it because you never know who's going to see it and uh it can it can help tremendously but that's going to do it uh for the abj podcast we'll be back like i said on thursday but here's some music by the converse kid we'll see you next time